Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN Political Director. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, July 8th. President Joe Biden signed an executive order today aimed at protecting abortion access, also likely aimed at energizing Democrats to vote. Even before the Supreme Court of the United States made it official and handed down the Dobbs opinion, which, as you know, ended the federal constitutional right to an abortion, the Biden administration had been facing pretty intense pressure to do something in response to that anticipated and now very real Supreme Court ruling. Today, two weeks after that decision came down, President Biden signed an executive order in an effort to protect abortion rights. Now, here's what the executive order does. It will safeguard access to abortion care and contraceptives. It will protect patient privacy, as many experts fear period tracking apps and location data can be used by law enforcement to arrest those seeking or performing abortions in states with restrictive access or in states where it is entirely illegal. The executive order will also establish an interagency task force to use, quote, every federal tool available to protect access to reproductive health care. It will increase public education efforts, and it bolsters the legal and security options available to those seeking and providing abortion services, among other things. In his remarks before signing the executive order today, President Biden derided the Supreme Court's decision as, quote, extreme and totally wrong-headed. What we're witnessing wasn't a constitutional judgment. It was an exercise in raw political power. Now the most extreme Republican governors and state legislators have taken the court's decision as a green light to impose some of the harshest and most restrictive laws seen in this country in a long time. What we're witnessing is a giant step backwards in much of our country. Obviously, most Republicans don't agree with that assessment, and you've heard from Republican leader Mitch McConnell and others that what this Supreme Court decision really does is actually put these decisions around abortion access back into the hands of the people through their state legislatures and through their governors, that if you listen to the arguments from Republicans, this decision actually overturns a ruling, Roe v. Wade, that they thought was unconstitutional and instead does what they see as the Constitution designed, which was for this to be handled state by state, not federally creating a right to privacy. Of course, as this now as an issue does go to the states, what you end up with is sort of a hodgepodge patchwork quilt of a system of reproductive health in this country. And depending where you are and what the politics are in that state and the makeup of the legislature or which party is in control of the governor's office, you get different results of what reproductive health and abortion rights look like in the various states. In Virginia example, you have a Republican pro-life governor, Glenn Youngkin. He had that big victory last year. He has said that he will sign into law a 15-week abortion ban, one that includes exceptions for rape, incest, and life of the mother, if it were to reach his desk. My colleague Jeff Zeleny was out in Virginia doing some reporting on sort of the fallout of the Dobbs decision there, and he met up with Victoria Cobb. She's the president 
of the Family Foundation of Virginia, which is an influential lobbying group that opposes abortion rights. She wants an all-out ban, but she also realizes in the Commonwealth of Virginia, that's not politically realistic. When you're talking about human lives, you do what you can when you can, rather than um, put out what you believe and what you want to have happen, you put out what you can actually accomplish. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, President Biden today was also looking to energize Democratic voters, pro-choice voters, and specifically female voters across this country. I don't think the court, or for that matter, the Republicans who for decades have pushed the extreme agenda, have a clue about the power of American women. But they're about to find out, in my view. It's my hope and strong belief that women will, in fact, turn out in record numbers to reclaim the rights that have taken from them by the court. Because once again, he made clear the fastest way to get Roe versus Wade restored as the law of the land is to actually pass it as the law of the land. And he also knows that he doesn't have the votes in Congress to do that right now. The only way to fulfill and restore that right for women in this country is by voting, by exercising the power at the ballot box. Let me explain. We need two additional pro-choice senators and a pro-choice House to codify Roe as federal law. Your vote can make that a reality. I know it's frustrating. Why does he say they need two more pro-choice Democrats elected to the Senate? Well, because as you probably know by now, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, two Democratic senators, are not in favor of getting rid of the filibuster on this issue and trying to pass it with just 50 Democratic votes. He doesn't have the votes, the president right now, in his own party to codify Roe into law. That's why he's looking for people to go to the ballot box. He also has to hold on to a pro-choice Democratic House. Now, even though the votes aren't there in the Senate, that is not stopping Nancy Pelosi and her Democratic caucus in the House of Representatives from moving forward with trying to codify Roe into law. Pelosi announced today that next week, the House of Representatives will again vote on a piece of legislation that seeks to do exactly that, put all the protections of Roe versus Wade into a piece of legislation. Of course, that legislation will not be able to pass the Senate and get to the president's desk. Now, the president and this White House is keenly aware that today's executive order is not going to be their last word on this subject matter, nor will the base of their party accept it as the last word. The Congressional Progressive Caucus put out a statement pushing for more action, saying that what the president did today was a step forward, but not enough. So what else is up the president's sleeve here? Well, a White House official today said that a public health emergency is among the options being considered to continue to protect access to abortion services beyond the president's executive order today. What seems not to be on the table as of now are two ideas that progressives have pitched to the White House. One, is to allow abortion providers to work from federal property in states where the procedure is banned. Another is to expand the Supreme Court with more justices. Both of these items have been rejected by President Biden. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Mohammed Darwish is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Anna Sterla. We'll be back Monday. 
When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. 